0: And I can see the ground now. I'm way
1: too gone. Wait too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. A couple of absolutely huge announcements off the rip today. Firstly, I've switched my shampoo and conditioner from Tresemme back to head and shoulders. I think the volume speaks for itself, okay? They say Tresemme is sell-on quality, but I would contest those claims. Unless you're talking about just cuts at the mall, I really feel that Fairtrade should be looking into some of those claims uh, from Tresemme because I, I, I still feel that head and shoulders cannot be matched, okay? Unfortunately, I walked into Woolies one day uh, when Tresemme was like 40% off and it, it was hard to walk past, okay? It was hard to walk past. So fair play to Woolies. I do think my scalp suffered and it's great to be back with the home team. That is head and shoulders. Second, potentially bigger announcement, depending on who you talk to I'd like to officially announce my 2023 national stand-up tour, my new show, reckless Pelican brand new. Uh, it's going to be so sick. I am coming to the following places on the following days. Let me get it up. So, Firstly, as we know, I'm going to Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, March 29 to April 9, 11 shows, Melbourne, okay? Really need the people of the South to stand up there. Weekends are already filling up, so that should be sick. Then I'm in Perth, Saturday, April 15, Brisbane, April 20, Newcastle, April 27, Canberra, April 29, Wollongong, May 6, Adelaide, May 13. And Sydney, May 18. Okay? You can get all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Brand new show, Reckless Pelican. Come and watch me just melt the paint off the walls for a gentleman's hour. Schooners after, guaranteed. It's going to be so sick. And like I said, you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio or on my Facebook page or on my TikTok. Or you could just Google it. You know, they're out there. Okay. So check that out. Hope to see you there. Sydney as well. I'm playing the Comedy Store. One show only. It's my only Sydney show for the whole year. It's going to be so sick. Much bigger room than I usually perform in. So really looking forward to that. And this tour is going to be unreal. So hope to see you there. If you came last year, it's a brand new show. Come back. If you've never been before, it's a brand new show. Make your debut. Okay make yourself known, inject yourself into the situation. So hope to see you there. All those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio, catch you there. Also, I'll put the link in the show description for this podcast. That's that's smart. That's marketing, okay? That is fucking marketing in action right there. So apologies, my voice is a little raspy. Uh, I lost it while... Carrying on supporting Alexander Volkanovsky on the weekend, which I'll get into a bit later. But it is Valentine's Day as I'm recording this bad boy. And as usual, Valentine's Day, I'm unaware until the day itself. Luckily, though, Valentine's Day is the one day if you didn't know it was on or you forgot, it's because it probably wasn't for you anyway, mate. Okay? The thing is, if you come around to Valentine's Day and you're like, Oh, it's it's in February. What the hell? You're either single or you're about to be. So do not stress, okay? (laughs) I remember um, a couple of years ago, I went on a second date with a girl on Valentine's Day. And I'd just like to put this out there into the ether that do not do that, okay? (laughs) Really supercharge the stakes of the date. And I know in films and stuff, Ashton Kutcher is asking girls out on Valentine's Day and it's all very romantic. But I can assure you, unless you're a multimillionaire with a jawline like his, all it does is sort of give this girl some sort of an impression that you might love her or try to murder her. So really, Valentine's Day, it's for the lovers. It's for people who are like a year in or whatever, six months in, three months in. You know, if you're on your third date and you're thinking, fuck, you know, what should we do for Valentine's Day? I'd argue absolutely nothing. Just see her on the weekend. Don't stress about it. It's too high stakes if you, if you don't have two feet in the deep end of this thing. But a lot of blokes complain. They say, oh, Valentine's Day, it's only for women. You know, who cares? It's only for women. I feel like they're the same blokes who say, like, where's International Men's Day when it's International Women's Day, you know? Of course it's only for women, lads. Unless you want 12 roses and, and you know, a box of chocolates that insinuates your sexuality might be a bit more flexible than you're willing to admit then yeah, dude, it's totally for women. (laughs) Okay. But uh, the big chief, uh, potentially someone who I've really leaned on for spiritual advice in the last year or so, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, this guy, if you're not following Matthew McConaughey on Instagram, it is the wildest follow of all time because he just posts the weirdest shit. Me and Rowan have spoken about it on previous episodes. It's like so esoteric sort of metaphorical nothing really makes sense and it's just very bizarre okay and he posted today he said this is a bit of advice from the king Uh, 20 20 single people out there listening to get around me to get them through a yet another year of loneliness Uh, what did he say (laughs) firstly it was a screenshot of a text message this is what he's posted and this is great. So the, the blue the text above it says, Matthew, how should we love? Which is you know a pretty regulation text to receive on a Wednesday. Why wouldn't you? And his response was, What did he say? It was something about butterflies? <laughs> he goes, If you if you if you want to do no, this is what he said. He goes, Do not chase butterflies. Instead, create a garden that will bring them to you. So there's something to think about, hey? (laughs) Dude, movie stars could just say whatever they want and we kind of have to listen, you know? Because it's like, if I told you, hey, guys, squirrels grow on, on the mossy side of trees but face the sun in the morning, you'd be like, what the fuck? Billy has lost it. He's finally started blazing in the mornings this is it this is the end of an era we've seen a man lose his mind but if Matthew McConaughey said that you'd be thinking well fuck I don't know you know because he's saying it within the context he's got his supermodel wife in the kitchen 40 million dollar house you know billions of dollars one of the most famous guy on the planet so when he says it it's like fucking hell are we the butterfly or the garden what are we doing here you know you gotta listen But I wonder if, dude, Matthew McConaughey, if you're not following this guy on Instagram, I would say you're not living in 2023. It is so bizarre and so weird. And I wonder if his mates ever just pull him up on it. You know, because I got a couple of mates where it's like, in real life, they're just some of the greats. You know, it's a privilege. It's a pleasure. They're phenomenal. They're phenomenal human beings in action. Okay. Human being is a verb, depending on what Joe Rogan experience episode you listen to. But then their Instagram presence is, like, really bizarre and kind of weird, (laughs) you know? And, like, Matthew McConaughey is that friend. He's the guy where, in real life, I guarantee you this guy's just smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, punting on football. He's probably an absolute delight. And then you see this shit on Instagram. Do you reckon his mates or his brother ever pulls him up and is like, Hey, mate, most of your videos on Instagram are really bizarre and uncomfortable. What's going on with that? You know? What's going on with you? He'd probably just say something even weirder and you'd be forced to listen to that. But yeah, Valentine's Day is here. Matthew McConaughey is lighting the way as per and uh, I wish all the lovers out there, you know, the very best. I love it when people, uh, and I don't want to p- poke the finger, I would never discriminate against any one gender. Uh, depending on how many there are, I would never discriminate against any of them. But it does seem to be women mostly that do this, that post the anti-Valentine's Day thing on Instagram, where they're like, ah, Instagram, about bloody Valentine's Day, sorry. Who cares? I'm single. I'm loving it. Just sort of screaming into the, into the void, answering a question no one asked. I don't know, dude. I think the people who really don't care about in, uh, Valentine's Day, sorry, are the ones who like three days later are like, oh, was it Valentine's Day last week? That's how you don't care. Posting an an eight-photo post with a a two-paragraph caption at 7 a.m. on Valentine's Day just to get out in front of any negative press, that insinuates you probably actually do care a fair bit more than you're letting on. But still, I wish you the best. And who knows? Could be our year, guys, 2023. I think it's the year of the rabbit. Could also be the year of love. Who's to say? Okay? Who is to say but anyway let's get into the yarns from the week that was what about this monday night i hosted a heat of the comedy competition raw comedy now triple j like sponsored this competition it's the biggest open mic comedy competition in australia and i don't think it matters as much anymore because now you can just be famous on tiktok so you don't really You know, TikTok could definitely make you way more famous than raw comedy and more like relevant or podcasts and stuff. But before podcasts and TikTok, raw comedy was life or death, okay? Like, and it was stressful, dude, because comedy competitions are pretty much the worst thing on God's green earth because comedy is subjective and then competitions make it objective. You know, you got like 15 acts go up, like... 10 of them do really well. So I was like, how do you pick who who the best was? And it's not hard as crush goes through, let me tell you. it's There's three judges and it's pretty much just up to them. So very stressful. you pitted against all your mates from the open mic scene. Uh, it's it's a truly harrowing experience. But I don't think it matters as much as it used to because before TikTok and podcasts, it was like, fuck, if I don't get on TV through this raw comedy thing, I am fucked okay it's we're in a lot of trouble here so it's kind of a big used to be kind of a big deal i think it still is um basically there's heats then there's a semi-final then there's state finals all around the country then there's like 12 national finalists you get flown to melbourne for the melbourne comedy festival and they uh televised the final uh on sbs7 and it's a huge opportunity. And you also get like, you. the final is at Melbourne Town Hall. So the crowd is like 1,500 people. Dude, it's kind of a wild event now that I'm describing it. But if you want to see a young Billy D ripping and tearing in Melbourne Town Hall, I was in the national final in 20... I want to say 17. Check the timeline on that. But it's wild, dude. Yeah, you're up there to 1,500 people. I was like 21... It's scary and it's crazy, but uh, it's it's fun, and and yeah. So check that out. You know, I was unofficial fourth. I did not place, um, but you know, I had a pretty good set on the night, so I felt like I was fourth. If any, there were rumors, I was robbed of third. Okay, there was a there was heavy rumors around Melbourne that night that the the guy who came first justified the guy who came second. No stress. But Billy Darcy was robbed of third. Okay, there was a lot. There was a lot of people chanting, "Get Darcy on the podium that night in Fitzroy." So, whatever. Six years later, not bitter about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you can check out a young Billy D ripping and tearing on YouTube if you wish. Cut to uh, Monday night. That's I'm just thinking, why the fuck did I bring this up? So I hosted. One of the raw comedy heats. This is something I've not done before. It was at the comedy store. And it's kind of a weird night to host because there was 17 comedians on the lineup. So it's a long night, dude. Three brackets. Uh, I did like material at the start of every bracket. And it was fun. Like everyone's ripping and tearing. Crowd's really supportive. Um, there was this one guy, crazy character. I think his name was like James Thompson. And basically, the way it worked was there was like six comedians in the first bracket. And, you know, the Comedy Store Green Room, this isn't fucking Wembley Arena. You can't just have 25 people in there. It doesn't fit, okay? Comedians aren't like rappers. You can't have an entourage. So, there wasn't enough room in the Green Room for everyone. So, they were allowed, the contestants were allowed in the Green Room for their bracket. And then they swapped out. And I was just in there the whole time. So, anyway... This guy comes in for the third bracket and I'm introducing myself to everyone cuz I'm the host. And I go, "Get him mate. Are you James?" And he's like, "Yep. Call me Tractor." <laughs> I go, "Tractor." He goes, "Yep, call me Tractor." And I go, "Okay." And his name on the thing is James Thompson, so I'm like, "Should I call you should I bring you up as Tractor or Tractor Thompson?" And he's like, "Whatever you think is best." And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'll just go with Tractor Thompson. He's like, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. This bloke was about 55. Lovely, lovely guy. Okay? One of the better guys you'll meet. I'd like to get out in front of that. Really nice guy. Tractor. So everyone's ripping and tearing. I bring up Tractor. I say, welcome to the stage, Tractor Thompson. This guy starts talking about jacking off and getting caught jacking off immediately. And it becomes pretty quick, pretty quickly evident that his whole set is about getting caught while jacking off. (laughs) And it's fucking weird, dude. (laughs) It's real weird. He does not once refer to the fact that he has come on named Tractor. There is no reference to the name Tractor whatsoever. It's all about just him getting caught jacking off in various situations. Uh, It's weird, okay? It's pretty weird. And then, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. His his closer. He closes this set. He's been talking about jacket off for like four and a half minutes. He's fifty five years old. Anyway, his closer. He starts talking about he's donating sperm at a sperm bank now, and. Dude, there's this dog crying next door. And I'm not talking about like a neighbor who's like, you know, yelling over the fence. I'm talking about a real dog. I don't know if you can hear that. It's like whimpering. And it's really uncomfortable. It was up at like 4 a.m. this morning. Okay? I don't mind if people have mental health issues, animals or otherwise. But please do so in the privacy of your own home. Okay? I don't want to hear that you have anxiety three doors down. Keep it to yourself. Whether you're a fucking border collie or not. But anyway, so Tractor's closing it up and he said it's, it's gone whatever, okay? I think it's gone a lot better than it should have. I think even Tractor would admit that. Anyway, so now he's closing it up and he's doing uh, – he's jacking off at a sperm bank. He's donating to a sperm bank and he's saying every afternoon he would donate to a sperm bank. But then one day he didn't have enough time. So as he's driving past in his car, he <laughs> he's jacking off out the window – and then comes everywhere, but then because he was driving past, he missed the sperm bank and he hit a homeless guy in the face. <laughs> so he closed up with jacket off out his car window, drive by coming in a homeless man's face. <laughs> and it was fucking wild, dude. And, and then he was like, thank you, I'm tractor. <laughs> oh my God. Truly wild night of comedy was had. And uh, congratulations to the contestants that went through. And it was super fun, dude. Really fun. It was great to be around a comedy competition, but not be in the competition. And I truly sincerely hope I never have to do another comedy competition as far as be a contestant ever again. Because they are stressful, dude. Anyway, then uh, on the weekend, went out to various breweries on Saturday... Real rebrand for Billy Darcy. I'm not traditionally a brewery man just because, I don't know, everyone there has got a goatee and a fedora and it's uncomfortable. And they seem to be, honestly, breweries are like for 32-year-old yuppie couples. Excuse me. 32-year-old couples who've like had their first kid but want to like prove they still have a social life. So they go out and, you know, dad has one 8% beer and drives home and it's all kosher, okay? Okay. And so it's not traditionally my scene, but we did like a little bar crawl and it was phenomenal. Okay. Um, I will say 7% beers and Dexys, one of the better combinations we've seen. So love to see that. Unfortunately, what happened was totally blew out the Saturday night. And then we had about 25 blokes coming around Sunday morning uh, for the UFC. And it's the biggest fight of the year. Volkanovsky's fighting. God, it was unbelievable. Okay. Shout out to Australian Jack Della Maddalena. This guy, straight out of Perth, okay? And like I said last week, this guy fights out of a gym called Scrappy MMA and Fitness. So, this is the thing with Australia, is we just none of our none of our gyms sound like martial arts hubs. You know, Volk fights out of a town called Windang. Okay? You can't tell me Windang is known for their taekwondo prowess. But anyway. Jack Della Maddalena, most Australian thing I've ever seen, chokes this guy out, and then they said, who's next? This guy's right on the cusp of the rankings, could probably get a top 10 guy now. And they say, who's next, mate? You're fresh, you, you didn't take any damage. Who are you going to fight next? You got the world at your feet. And he goes, mate, fuck that, I'm going to Bali. Okay, talk to me when, I'm, when I've had 24 bin tanks. Okay, I'm treating the missus to kuta Beach. I don't want to hear about this. In one of the most Australian moments, I think the international UFC community has ever been treated to. I think they should honestly just write in a 10-day Bali holiday to all Australian fighters. Wherever they fight in the world, be it Abu Dhabi or New York, put them on a plane straight to Bali afterwards and let the boys unwind, okay? Let the boys unwind. But anyway, the Perth crowd at this UFC event was crazy. Rowan brought some homemade sausage rolls over. beautiful. Uh, All the boys were gambling. I can't speak for anyone else in the room. I had one of the worst days on the punt in recorded history. Uh, Yeah, just terrible. Just really, really terrible. Um, Tyson Pedro was my lock of the day to win by knockout. He looked like absolute shit out there. I apologize to Tyson for the vulgar language. But yeah, really, really bad. And anyway... I'll briefly touch on the UFC. I know not everyone watches it, but my God, Alexander Volkanovsky is an inspiration, okay? The way this man fought, Jesus Christ. It looked like Islam had about 40 pounds on him in the cage, and the Volk did not panic once when he was taken down. He was so well prepared. I think when the Volk was having his breakfast in the morning in training camp, he had like two, two guys on either, either side of him just trying to choke him out while he's enjoying his wheat bix I mean, he looks so comfortable in those positions. And he was arrogant and he was carrying on. I was loving it, dude. I was absolutely loving it. And he lost an extremely close decision. I honestly didn't really have a problem with it. I probably had a 3-2 Islam. I know, don't, don't send me a death threat, but that was my gut feeling at the time. And I re-watched the fight. And it's like, I could have had a draw... I can see 3-2 Volk but the reality was it was so fucking close that who really cares it was one of the greatest fights of all time you know you gotta you gotta rip the belt off the champ you can't just tug it away so you know didn't have the biggest issue with the result I thought it was just the best event ever seeing so many Aussies just just absolutely chin blokes or get chin some of them unfortunately Jimmy the Brute Crute my god wow The heart on Jimmy the Brute Crew to not be unconscious after the first round or the second round or the third. I mean, my God, that man, his chin is made of granite stone. It was crazy. Oh my, I'm thinking about adding to my resume under favorite pastimes and hobbies, watching Australians throw hands. There is nothing I enjoy more on this planet than watching someone from this great nation throw hands at someone else. It's, it's truly a pleasure, okay? So thank you to all the Australian fighters. Thanks to the Volk. People said he was robbed. Ah, it was so close. It was so fucking close. I got no qualms. Could have seen it go to Volk. Could have seen a draw. And, and yeah, wow. And fair play to Perth. I was critical of that city, um, saying they were irrelevant. You know, this sort of stuff should have been on the East Coast. Wow, what a crowd. What a crowd. And a great crowd at that. Um, you know, in Brazil, the last big UFC ev- event, they threw, they threw food and bottles at the, the fighters who weren't Brazilian, <laughs> which I think is honestly a bit much, okay? I'm in for, you know, when uh, Islam Makhachev walks out, yeah, dude, I'll probably boo him too, okay? Plus, it's the headline event. You've had 24 schooners. You've lost your life savings. Jimmy the Brute Crook didn't get knocked out. You had it not to go the distance, yeah, dude, I'd boo Islam Makachev as well. But I think we can all agree there's no need to throw bottles and food at the athletes as the Brazilian crowds did. They also chant, you're going to die in Spanish. So I think what I'm trying to say here is Perth is a ph- phenomenal town. Long live the West Coast. and uh, And Brazil, you need to chill out a bit, okay? You need to chill out. But anyway, on to the next. Okay, up next, some celeb news I can really get around not saying it's a good thing just saying i am very much across it megan fox and machine gun kelly have allegedly broken up one of the great power couples has come to an end now i follow machine gun kelly on instagram i attempted to follow megan for a while but unfortunately just too red hot for me you know sometimes some of her posts it's like what can i do with a fully naked megan fox at midday on a tuesday i don't need to see this okay I don't need to be this sexually revved up uh, when I'm about to bite into a ham sandwich at my minimum wage job. So, unfortunately, had to let Megan Fox go, but still follow me, uh, Machine Gun Kelly on the gram. And I think we probably all saw this breakup eventually coming. Just too, t- flew too close to the sun, these two, like too red hot, too intense. I don't know what it is about celeb couples, they can just never really chill out you know machine gun kelly and megan fox they're posting photos of like airbnbs they're like we had sex on this desk 10 minutes ago really again feels like you're sort of answering a question no one asked and you you know machine gun kelly's got a daughter bizarre stuff it's like with any couple i feel like the more you carry on on instagram the quicker the breakups coming you know it's almost like who's this post for who are you trying to convince that you two are so madly in love it's never the couple who's got like a drop of each other's blood in a necklace who make it. It's the couple where you you never hear from them. You think, are they even still together? It turns out they're married with three kids. They moved to Brisbane. They bought at the right time. They live on the river. They bought for 800K. It's worth 2.1. He, he He's a manager at an IT company. She's selling homemade jams on the weekends. They're living the fucking dream, mate, okay? They're just not posting on Instagram about it. Whereas conversely, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are, you know, posting photos licking each other's necks, saying they're vampires at night or some shit. It's, it's bizarre behavior. I think we'd all agree. But yeah, Machine Gun Kelly has allegedly cheated on her. I personally am not willing to believe it. You're telling me Machine Gun Kelly was unfaithful? <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. I'm going to need to see some concrete evidence. Uh... Megan Fox, this relationship was great for her career. Uh, I would argue she was potentially washed before this relationship. Uh, I think she had appeared in Sharknado 27 or something similar. So it's really rocketed her back into the limelight. Hate to see a good couple like this go down, but you know, that's the realities of love. He allegedly cheated on her with his guitarist, who I did a quick Google search on. She is one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen. So... Yeah, I don't know about sending your boyfriend off in a tour bus with one of the most aggressively attractive and talented women on the planet, you know, for weeks on end. Uh, You know, tough sledding, tough ask of any man, let alone a guy who's covered in tattoos from head to toe and fought Conor McGregor at the VMAs, you know. Potentially a reckless, unstable person. Who am I to say? Pretty much every song he's released in the last four years is about cheating on his partner, so, again, gonna need to see some hard evidence. But yeah, end of an era. Um, yeah, Megan Fox has, she's come out the gate just firing, which you love to see. She's unfollowed everyone on Instagram except for Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet or Chamolet, however you say that one, and Eminem. Now, obviously, we know Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem are not boys. I actually got into Machine Gun Kelly off that Rap Devil song. I didn't know about him before that. So, you know, all press is good press. I was like Team Eminem all the way. And then I was listening to this Rap Devil song, like, dude, this kind of cranks. And then he went into punk rock, which I love. So, you know, all press is good press. And what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So she's followed these guys. And I guess these are enemies of Machine Gun Kelly's. I will say Eminem, Harry Styles, Timothy Chameley. If my ex-girlfriend had sent me this sort of a message, I'd be shitting myself, dude, because each of these men pose a threat in their own way. Okay? Firstly, you got Eminem. Eminem is about 54 years old and dresses really poorly, but his resume is pretty impressive. Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, other chicks, you know, I'm trying to think of someone that was relevant in the last 15 years. But still, you're telling me if Eminem DMs your missus, you're not going to be nervous about it? I'm telling you. If Eminem whistles, Megan Fox is going to come running. And I think she knows that. And I think Machine Gun Kelly knows that. Then you got Timothy Chameley. That one's kind of embarrassing because if, if Chamolay, you know, runs through your ex misses, you're kind of getting cucked out by like a 19-year-old. I don't know how old he is. But I'm pretty sure this guy's 19 and about five foot four. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, this is don't know how I feel about this. And then finally, you got Harry Styles, who that could be the worst one of all because he's gonna nail your ex missus and he's gonna do it while wearing a dress. So that one is tough sledding. Tough sledding that one. And Harry Styles, for some reason, he's so well liked that he can just sort of have sex with whoever he wants without any repercussions. You know, he knocked over Olivia Wilde, totally destroyed her family, and yet still sells out the forum in LA 23 nights in a row or whatever. So, you know, very hard to maintain a hero, a hero's persona if you're going to get in some sort of a romantic battle with Harry Styles, okay? He's wearing a jumpsuit. He's got Olivia Wilde in the next room and people fucking love him. So, yeah, these are three very tough opponents in their own way. Um, and also, when making the assumption that Megan Fox is having sex with these guys individually. If this turns into some of a group sex number, God forbid a camera's present. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that sends a bloke over the edge. So, yeah, this is real messy. This is uh, tough sledding for Machine Gun Kelly. You know, tough sledding for Megan Fox as well. Don't want to get too one-sided here, but... If I was Machine Gun Kelly, here's what I'd do. Firstly, I'm DMing Miley Cyrus this time yesterday. She's got a number one song on the planet. Uh, she's hotter than Megan Fox. She's more talented. She's cooler. You know, she's cooler than fucking Chameley and Harry Styles. I think the sooner he gets pictured having sex with her, the better. Um Miley Cyrus also, she can be vengeful. I think if you go, hey. Megan Fox said, you don't look as good with blonde hair as you think you do. Let's fucking get some revenge on this chick. I think Miley could be open to that. I'd get pictured with Miley Cyrus at like a basketball game or whatever they do. And then I'd probably just post a few screenshots of some movie reviews of Megan Fox's last few films. Because I think we can all agree, whether you're on Machine Gun Kelly's side or Megan Fox's, I think we can all agree that since Transformers, it's been pretty pretty downhill for Megan. So... That's what I'd do, fight fire with fire, get in the trenches, and and yeah, I honestly look forward to this one unfolding over the coming weeks. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. I use these Manscaped products all the time, and it's a confidence you don't get uh, with other shaving products. Knowing... Your hygiene, your cleanliness, uh, you know, your downstairs region is just sharper and better maintained than any other bloke in the pub. You know, the shoulders go back, the shoulder blades are grinding together and and yeah, it's uh, super easy to use, super safe, got the beautiful light on the end and, and you feel like a surgeon with this thing really, uh, the work, the precision being done downstairs uh, take your grooming to a next to a new level, as I have. The Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, with the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology, reducing cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It even has a 4,000K LED spotlight, so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. And guess what, lads? It's waterproof too. This package also includes the weed whacker, the nose and ear hair trimmer, and also two free gifts, the shed travel bag and the anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. No platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to keep you fresh from head to toe. This includes Manscaped's premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, body and ball deodorant, and much more. So get 20% off and free shipping. With the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code DARCY. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Anyway, on to the next. Uh, From one controversy to another, NRL player Kalen Ponga has broken his silence this week after the famous bathroom cubicle incident. Uh, That happened like six months ago. I mean, I personally forgot this even happened. So it seems weird that he's talking about it still. But, so what happened is, I I was unaware. Kalen Ponga has actually not spoken to the media since. So he's broken his silence on the incident. Uh, I was unaware he has not been, he's been shielded from the media since, you know, to maintain his image. And He's come, he's come out and he's come clean that him and Kurt Man in that cubicle, Kurt Man was just supporting him as he battled a bout of food poisoning. He fell quite ill and was vomiting in the cubicle, which was the original story. So everything seems above board here. The only thing that really uh, is pretty unfortunate about this whole incident is I'm yet to see a single person from the food sanitation community of Newcastle come out and put their hand up. Uh, For causing this whole disaster in the first place. Okay. I don't know if there's a a dodgy kebab store. Or if someone's not refrigerating their chicken. Um, But I'm going to need to see someone's head roll. uh, For the queasiness that Caelan Ponger experienced. Because he's out there trying to celebrate the purchase of a new apartment. With his mate Kurt Mann. While on a concussion suspension. And And his night has been ruined. By some of the worst food poisoning we've ever seen. So... Again, really looking for someone from the sanitation board to come out and address these issues. And I'd like to see someone get fired at the very least. But yeah, a really unfortunate situation. Um, You know, here's the thing, dude. Here is the bloody thing. I had a similar incident with this. I actually went out in Tamworth a few years ago and had upwards of 16 to 18 schooners and found myself vomiting the next day uh, on a comedy tour. And I wasn't lucky enough to have a friend as supportive as Kurt Man, I was actually with Rowan Arneil, and instead of holding my hair back, even though I wasn't celebrating the purchase of a new apartment, instead of supporting me as I vomited on the side of the highway on the way to Coffs Harbour, uh, Rowan actually insinuated that what I was vomiting up might in fact become, and he insinuated that I was in fact a gay man. So, Kalen Pong is very lucky to have a friend as supportive as Kurt Man, and yeah. Good to just really put a bow on this whole incident and move on. Um, Obviously, it seems very weird to break your silence after seven months by just coming out and reiterating the original lie. (laughs) You know? If you you could break your silence, maybe say something different from the original lie that came out. Um, Obviously, Kalen Ponga's dad fronted the media last time. So... He wasn't present at this press conference. I'm not sure if his dad was communicating to him via walkie talkie and an earpiece situation while Kalen reiterated the lie that he was, in fact, just dealing with food poisoning and not doing cocaine. Not too sure what happened there. Uh, This is weird because I feel like everyone definitely forgot about this. So, this is why you should just put your hand up when this stuff happens. You know, it's weirder now that you're like talking about it still. And it's so weird to like still be bringing up this lie. Now, obviously, Kalen Ponga, his hand should have gone up straight away. But, you know, he's the club captain. He's got to think about the sponsors. Um, And yeah, if, if there was a way for him to admit that he got caught doing cocaine with not affecting the image of the club, you know, we'd love to see it. (laughs) <laughs> I think going forward, I would probably refrain from having my dad face the media for me as if I was some sort of an 11-year-old boy. I think if you're old enough to do co- cocaine with Kurt Mann on a Saturday night at the Delaney Hotel, you're probably old enough to front the media yourself. Um, but yeah, who knows, dude? But good to put a bow on this, you know? Good to put a bow on the food poisoning saga. I wish Caelan Ponga the very best for the season ahead. Up next, the project for this week. So, I'm going to do the project and then I'm going to talk about the cricket and then that'll be that. So, the project for this week, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. Now, this week I'd like to talk about some of the Australian women's cricket players because they have secured the bag in a big way. Now, there was a thing... As this dog continues to whimper next door, I don't know if it's coming through on the mic, um, but it's pissing me off, dude. And so here's the deal: there's this thing, the WPL. So there's the IPL for the cricket. Now there's the WPL, the Women's Premier League. Now there's so much money in Indian cricket because there's just there's billions of people over there and they all love cricket. So in the IPL, all the players make millions. Now there's a women's version, and they're the first ever women's IPL auction. And some of our Aussie gals, you know, after coming up in an era where women's cricket wasn't really celebrated. You know, I remember a few years ago, they made the minimum wage for Australian women's cricketers, I think, hundred grand. People are blowing up. Oh, what the hell? You know, they're not bringing in the revenue. You can't justify these paychecks. But this is what happens when you've got to invest in something to get something out of it, okay? If they never invested in women's football, we don't get Sam Kerr. So finally... The girls, they've been slogging away for years. Women's cricket is sick now, okay? You watch Beth Mooney hit a cover drive. And if you're not fucking in tears, get back to me, dude, okay? I saw Beth Mooney run down the wicket against Pakistan and hit a cover drive for six. I was weak at the knees, okay? So women's cricket has arrived. And now the girls, on top of, you know, the game, you know, the game itself, yeah, the standard's good now, okay? Women's cricket, yeah, wow, it's good to watch. Uh, The standard of the game's good. Um, You know, it's a high level of cricket. Whatever, dude. What are we really in it for? We're there for fucking big old bags of cash. And that's what some of the gals have got here. Uh, I'm just going to rattle off a few names. Ash Gardner, Elise Perry, Alyssa Healy, Beth Mooney, Meg Lanning, Talia Sutherland, I think, or might be Talia McGrath. Might have got the first names mixed up there. But anyway, all these gals have secured huge paychecks, dude. Ash Gardner has got the biggest one, $558,000. How fucking good is that? Old Heavy Pockets Gardner. My Lord. I saw her the other day. She was looking at our apartment. I think she fucking bought it. But I love this. I love seeing the gals finally get rewarded for years of hard work. And yeah, what what can I say? I just love this. I I have no take. I have no comment. I just think this is fucking sick, um, and well done to Cricket Australia for investing in women's cricket. You know, 10, 20 years ago, well done to Elise Perry, the one a real pioneer of the game. I remember when I was playing grade cricket, Elise Perry played in an under 21s men's game, and she was fucking giving it to these cunts. I remember she bounced one guy and almost took his head off. It was sick. So well done to the women who paved the way. Well done to the gals now who have got heavy, heavy pockets, dude. 560k doesn't go as far as it used to, but I'll tell you what, it's still a nice chunk of change, isn't it? What a disgraceful world we live in where you go, Ash Garden has pocketed 560k and that doesn't even get her an apartment in Sydney. But nevertheless, this isn't a segment about, you know, inflation and economics and other stuff I don't understand. This is a segment just to celebrate and tip my hat to these gals and their heavy, heavy pockets, dude. So. Go Ash Gardner, go the gals. And uh, this is just a sign of things to come as well. This is the first league. Um, and if you're a freaking 11-year-old girl and you're pretty fucking good at cricket and you're thinking about whether or not I should pursue this as a career. Firstly, if you're an 11-year-old girl and you listen to Get Around Me, uh, tell your parents because you shouldn't be, okay? I've already gone on record previously that I was a huge fan of Chris D'Elia, So I don't want any more... I don't want to add any more fuel to that fire, okay? But if you're an 11-year-old girl and you're, you're a gun at cricket, holy shit, stick with it because the sky is the limit from here. These chicks are going to be millionaires in a few years, dude. It's going to be unreal. So well done to the Australian women's cricketers who got auctioned off. That's so sick and it's a sign of things to come. Now, finally, I'd just like to talk about the men's team who got absolutely fucking pummeled by India. In the last test match, and I'll just reset the camera quickly. Okay, so the cricket, Australia versus India. won't even tell you the scores because all you need to know is we got absolutely flatlined, dude. Okay? Justin Tuffer in the USC knocked this guy Parker Porter out in one of the most sickening walk off KOs I've ever seen. And if there was a translation between the USC and cricket, this would be it, okay? In this situation, the Indian cricket team was Justin taffer and we were unfortunately Parker Porter. It wasn't close at all. We lost by an innings and one thirty. Now, a couple of things here. Firstly, there was a lot of stuff before the game about the Indians doctoring the pitch, making it extremely suitable for spinners. And literally, there was a whole patch where they had blatantly just scuffed it up on purpose um, because we have a lot of left-handers in our team and it was an area... That would be of concern to left-handers, okay? i got to say, I don't really care about this at all. India, the Indian cricket board is one of the most corrupt. uh, Or Corrupt, I was looking for other words, but that's all you need to know. Corrupt organizations in world cricket and world sport, okay? Of course, they're going to doctor the pitches. I would honestly say just do a better job. Like doing this thing where you only doctor one specific bit and it looks so different. To the rest of the pitch, it's just it's silly. Just doctor the whole thing, okay? You're obviously going to do it. I'm in for home pitch advantages. I don't mind that the ball's turning square. Obviously, like this is ridiculous. Like you can just prepare a spinning wicket without blatantly doctoring the pitch um, in this fashion, where you've you've affected specific areas of the pitch to to affect specific batsmen in our lineup. That's honestly embarrassing that the BCCI would let that happen in such a blatant fashion. The fact that they would engage in that sort of behavior just out in the open, it's embarrassing for their organization. Whatever, okay? I'm just letting that go. I don't care. This is a humorous podcast, and if I continue to talk about that, it's just going to end up with me just screaming down the microphone. So anyway, whatever. We got absolutely pumped. They doctored the pitch. Doesn't matter. You can't say... That the pitch had anything to do with the result. Okay. Both teams played on the same pitch and we got absolutely pummeled. Um, now, Alan Border came out and said that we're not playing hard enough. And he said that Steve Smith giving the bowler the thumbs up uh, in, in regards to being beaten outside the off stump is, you know, not hard enough. We've got to play harder cricket. We're not tough enough out there, this sort of stuff. Couple of things on this. Firstly, Alan Border, Steve Smith is better than you. Okay? So I don't think we need to be giving Steve Smith advice. I don't understand how there seemed to be a lot of criticism of Steve Smith when he's our best player by far in those conditions or otherwise. And he looked pretty good out there. So I don't know why Steve Smith seems to be a lightning rod for criticism. You know, in other vocations, uh, people don't usually point out the fact that someone has autism and make fun of them for it, okay? Just leave Steve Smith alone. I don't know what it is now, but the former players seem to be so mean. When I was growing up, Mark Taylor, Ian Healy, uh, who are some of the others? Michael Slater even before he went nuts. Um, I just trying to think. You know, even like Sean O'Donnell. Kerry O'Keefe has never been like this. They were never mean. I don't know. Obviously we're, it was a much more dominant era. But God, the former players now are just bitching constantly, dude. Mitchell Johnson and Michael Clark are having a go at everyone. God, just can can the former players just calm down, okay? Nobody knows what community radio stations you're on. Okay? Michael Clark is on something called the big sports breakfast. What even is that? Okay, just chill out. Everything's going to be fine. Like, I don't like this whole calls are coming from inside the house thing where the former players are constantly having to go at the current ones. You know, like we just smashed every team in our path for like a year and a half straight. Are you like, have the, have the former cricketers taken up UFC? They all seem to have like a goldfish memory. You know, just calm down. Um, it's all very bizarre. Back when I was a kid, all the media speculation came from scumbag journalists, not from Mitchell Johnson, you know? It it was never a thing. You never saw fucking Glenn McGrath in the papers having a go at Ricky Ponting. That never happened. And we sucked for years after those guys left. When Ricky Ponting was captaining the news side and we were getting pummeled, Glenn McGrath wasn't in the media saying, Ricky Ponting has autism and is gay. No one did that, okay? Just because Marnus and, and Steve Smith don't have, you know, a beer gut and a mullet, leave them alone. They're absolute guns. They're ranked like number one and three in the world. I don't care if they're clicking and shit in between balls, giving each other the thumbs up. It's probably code, you know? Who knows what's going on out there? Just I don't understand why Marnus and Steve Smith constantly cop flack for being legitimately two of the best players in the world. Um, anyway, Travis Head... Was left out of the team. And I said before the game that Travis Head has got a lot to prove in India. But the guy has been averaging about 140 for fucking two years. How could you drop him? (laughs) You know? Um, Drop. And now I've seen comments that the Australian cricket team are backed into a corner uh, because now it's like, oh, they can't make any changes. Yeah, you can. Drop Renshaw immediately. Okay? Just drop Renshaw immediately. We've already seen that um, selections are made regardless of criteria. Previous performances no longer matter anyway. Travis Head literally was just like pretty much player of the series in our last series. So there's no criteria for selection anyway, so just pick whoever you want. Uh, I would say drop Renshaw for Travis Head, and then why don't I just open the bowling? I'll just fly over and open the bowling because there's no selection criteria anyway. So just let's just do that. I'll take the new pill with Cummins. Travis Head back in at five. M- Todd Murphy at the other end. It's all good stuff, dude, you know? So just put Travis Head back in. Um, And yeah, they're talking about maybe playing another spinner. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ashton Agar's rubbish. Don't play him. I don't know, dude. It looked pretty fucking tough over there from what I was watching. I thought we honestly did pretty well in the first innings you know and a lot of this is just a reflex because the boys are getting bashed so much but dude after at the lunch break on day 1 they showed a highlights package of Jadeja G- bowling to Manas Labashine there was about 15 balls that were absolutely unplayable and then Manas came out after lunch and got another one it was unplayable so i don't know there's 3 test matches to go I would say anyone in the media who played in the 90s, I'm disregarding your opinion. And everyone just calmed down. All right, we got pummeled, but it's not like we've been getting pummeled for months. We're still like the number one test team on the planet. Let's just calm down, okay? I hate the goldfish memories of journalists. Here's the thing is now with podcasts and Facebook and TikTok, Former players think they're journalists now. It's weird. It's very bizarre. They're all on TikTok sharing their opinions and stuff. And it, I think everyone, if we could just calm down, you know, if we go like 3 0 down, all uh, right, yeah. People are talking about selections and stuff. Prime Alan Border could have gone out there. We could have had Alan Border at five and Michael Clark at six, and we still probably lose that game. Okay? It was fucking tough sledding out there. So. Leave the boys alone, you know. Mitchell Johnson. Weirdest thing, Mitchell Johnson. You could not get a word out of Mitchell Johnson when he played. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a podcast mic and an opinion. And, and from what I can tell, they're all quite hurtful. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell Johnson comes out on his radio show next week and says, Get Around Me is one of the worst podcasts he's ever heard. I mean, this guy is just swinging first, asking questions later. People saying Justin Langer should come back as coach. Why? What would have been different? You know? The only difference is we get, we're get we losing in the same fashion except Justin Langer is throwing punches at the lads as they come off the field. You know? You fucking nick off to Jadeja, keep your bloody helmet on because JL's on the fucking heavy bag in the dressing room throwing head kicks. Okay? I truly don't understand how any selection would have made a difference and why every former player is now so, so mean. So... Yeah. I've never cared for Alan Border's commentary. Um, he has no emotion whatsoever and he's really not good at speaking, so whatever. I've always not really cared because he's such a legend of the game, so guess you know, you just sit there and listen to his opinions, but now it's like A hey, B, mate. Careful, okay? Careful. Because you know, you're not actually that likable, mate, okay? You're about a bee stick away from being the next Ian Chapel, just screaming at a telegraph pole thinking you're on fucking the big sports breakfast with Michael Clark on this imaginary radio channel. So I'd say former players, please be nicer. Current players, please play better. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> we'll see how we go, dude. But that is the solo pod for this week. Rowan R. Neal's up next. And, uh, yeah, my tour, come on out. I'm going to Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, Newcastle, Wollongong, Brisbane, you know, other cities, Sydney, all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Um, get in early, get in quick, and I will see you there, dude. Thanking you. Oh, and Canberra. And Canberra for the tour dates. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another Second half of Get Around Me, featuring myself, Billy Darcy, the core of the podcast. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And the man himself, <laughs> Rowan Neal. The, hey. fa-
0: the fan favorite, as he's been called.
1: The fan favorite. Mm. And if you're not a fan favorite on your own podcast, R.E. Brendan sharp <laughs> you're having a tough time out there, dude. Mm. When people start saying that the worst part about get around me is Billy Darcy. <laughs> it's time to close shop. Oh my god. <laughs> Please don't turn on me, guys. I'll do anything. Um,
0: what's doing, dude? No, oh, not much. We've we've both done a good day of labor. Oh yeah. Got, Manual got
1: to- labor. I don't want anyone saying I'm not blue collar after today. Manual labor in sideways rain. <clears throat> and how long
0: did they did you last till they called it?
1: Like an hour and a half.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I was shoveling mulch for like fucking two hours. It was just- Headphones in? Headphones in, yeah, with the raincoat over with the top. Oh. Even a podcast couldn't get me through. Mm. But yeah, mate, I was I was in there. I was out there in the rain uh, for a good few hours. And like also, this was midday already when it started pouring. Mm. So, I'm confirmed blue collar.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're blue collar.
1: I am confirmed. But I will say, I am- I'm I'm willing to admit, I would much rather, I was out there in the rain today thinking it doesn't rain in the fucking office, does it? I know, I've been daydreaming about the office as um, well recently. I miss the office. You can control the temperature of the air mm. in the office.
0: Well, even I have it that if it rains enough and we have a job outside, I get to go home and I still get paid. But sometimes I'm still like, fucking, I wouldn't mind an office right now.
1: Yeah, see, I don't still get paid because I'm not even like a real employee. I'm not even on the books. So, Someone that's trying to find property with you, I'm well aware of how on
0: the books you are. Yeah, exactly.
1: I barely exist as a legal human being in
0: 2023. When it comes to the ATO, Billy Darcy does not exist.
1: Yeah, There's a mailbox in Adelaide that briefly refers to me. And that's it, dude. So no, I like to stay nimble, stay off the grid a bit. <laughs> I don't want elbow fucking putting his putting his hand in my back pocket. No, of course not. Um, but yeah, no. So out there working, mate, getting it done. And you and me have been in the trenches together recently. <laughs> it's fucking been brutal, bro. It's been it's been tough out there. The ups and downs, the emotional labor, the emotional roller coaster. So on Thursday night, we did a gig together. And how's this for a lineup, an all-star lineup? First comedian of the night, Rowan Arneal. Second comedian of the night, Billy Darcy. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, is this the Melbourne Comedy Festival Gala? (laughs) Are we watching ABC4 right now? No, guys, that's just a real show that happened out there.
0: It's just a $10 show. Wow. And what is me and Billy's cut of that? That doesn't matter.
1: Doesn't matter. <laughs> Full
0: house, $10 tickets. Are we involved in that? Not really. <laughs> yeah,
1: just a couple of blue, blue-collar blue boys swinging from the hip, okay? Mate, to say to say we bombed would be one of the great understatements of, of 2023. And it's only a young year, but still. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It, it's just like Vulcan Islam just had people are saying this is already fight of the year. Mm. We've already locked in potential bombs of the year. Even though it's only the start of Feb, that's exciting. <laughs> it is
0: exciting. I, to be honest, compared to what I did last night as well, that was that was I, I nearly fucking betted it the next week. And it's, oh, really? It was already, It was only Monday. Wow! So that's exciting times in my household. A lot of momentum here. A lot of momentum. Very excited. My um,
1: what do you think went wrong, mate? Obviously, you went before me, so you're gonna have to take a bit more of the blame, as it were.
0: Man, I think I, I, I think I blamed myself pretty early on in the set. I don't think I soldiered on like I probably could have.
1: I want to say out of the 10 minutes, I want to say at the two and a half minute mark, you visibly dropped your head. <laughs> <laughs> your body language was poor. And you got to
0: learn from me and be like, all right, I can, I can wait a little bit longer. And then I just stood at the back of the room waiting until you finally were like, oh.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> I made it to about, I think, eight minutes.
0: Oh, you made it to like five. And then you were like, Tom, I told you to fucking change this room around. Yeah, I- <laughs> I've said it to you a million fucking times. <laughs>
1: Dude, but here's the thing. So, let, what, let's start with your bomb first. Mm. Because your bomb set up my bomb.
0: Well, there was a bomb before us that we
1: don't <laughs> need to mention. <laughs> you know, there's no need to, to speak negatively of anyone on the airwaves. But, uh, mate- Everyone was bombing.
0: Everyone was bombing.
1: I wasn't there after our sets, um, but I'd be very confident in saying that everyone else probably bombed too.
0: I talked to Barnett last night. He had a pretty tough set, he said.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Comedy <laughs> veteran Andrew Barnett <laughs> had a tough one, so everything is null and void.
0: Him and Elwood, when I got there, they're talking about gigs that happened in 2004.
1: Yeah. Even they're fucking going off and dying. <laughs> I used to headline a mic in hand. <laughs> so, there you go. But- um, Mate, because when you were bombing, I was um, side of stage- and, I, mate, I was well prepared because I didn't work that day. Mm. So, I was fucking all over it, had my notes ready to go. I'm watching you bomb. I'm prepared. I'm having the time of my life. Mm. Okay? I'm smiling like a Cheshire there's cat. N- there's nothing better.
0: No, I also heard a few. Ho, ho, ho. Billy Darcy's <laughs> at the back of the room and I was getting absolutely nothing. What's wrong with you, I pigs?
1: Was, I was absolutely <laughs> loving it. Um, the freak out came early from you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then, mate, so, here's the thing. So, you you just eat shit, okay? And that's let's put that to the side because mm. now I walk on stage.
0: And I've been in your position before when your mate's bombing in front of you and you're like, oh, that's, well, when I get up there, it's going to be so different. And then I got to just watch you just realize that it's not going to be different.
1: It's not going to be different at all. And like I said, I was so well prepared. So, it's so interesting that- When you're just eating shit, but you're so prepared. Mm. So, I'm like, I'm not missing a line. (laughs) It's just that, like, I'm getting nothing up there. Nothing. And then I I get through, I think I had, like, two, three-minute chunks I was working on. And then, so, I want to say about the six-minute mark. Yeah, I started verbally harassing (laughs) the booker (laughs) slash room runner. (laughs) You know, and some people would say it's probably more appropriate to do that uh, behind closed doors, mm. not on stage in the middle of a gig. Sold out as well. That I, was the weirdest part.
0: <laughs> I, I've done so many things on stage that are so much more appropriate to be done off stage.
1: Here's the thing is if you do the bodge stage, no one can, you know, yeah. e- it's you, everyone's accountable. <laughs> Everyone is accountable. So, yeah, the boys went down on Thursday night.
0: Yeah. And I, the night before, I was doing like, Double the, I was doing, like, 20 minutes to less people, and I was just, like, just chilling, just chatting. Just having like, a great time. Having a great time. I was just up there being like, is, is there anyone better than me? <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone possibly that I could think of right now off the top of my head that's better than me? I
1: mean, yeah.
0: Mm, probably, probably not the guy that's getting paid triple behind, after me as
1: the headliner, but who knows, man? Who knows? Probably not possible. Dude, after you got off stage on Wednesday night after that 20-minute set- I wasn't even there, but I looked on the pound-for-pound pound stand-up comedy rankings of Australia, <laughs> and it <laughs> went Rowan Arneal and then number two, Dave Hughes. Oh, there we go. So, and they're the official rankings. And then it
0: dropped pretty steeply the next day and took an even bigger dive last night.
1: Yeah, no, your momentum is nowhere at the moment. Note to self, brother. Let's not mention
0: the Jews on stage again.
1: Yeah, I've told you about that previously. <laughs> Let's keep the Jews out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, dude. Some people uh, might be likable enough to speak about the Jews on stage. I don't think you're one of those people. Anyway, so the boys are down. I think that's the the moral there. But. Anyway, there's, uh, oh, I announced my tour today as well. What are oh, your nice. thoughts on that, mate? You you cut one of the great promos last week. Oh, nice, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, mate. Beautiful, <laughs> baby. Like, let's buy some fucking Manscapes.
1: Oh, yeah. The Lawnmower 4.0, baby. Get amongst it. Let's get Billy
0: off this laboring thing so he can edit out some of the things I like to say. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> mental
1: note for what you said about um, the Jews. <laughs> well, I was talking about our friend that was on before me, but- well, you should have put that context in before, mate, because <laughs> it's weird. Do you think you bombed? you bombed harder last night or on this podcast right now?
0: Oh, definitely last night. Definitely last oh, night. Yeah, yeah, that was hardcore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> People will let you know. Yes. <laughs> I got them in the end, but fucking hell. <laughs> Dude, um, speaking of rankings, I would love it if there was stand up comedian rankings. You just love statistics. I, no, I just- I just want everything- I want every world to be like the UFC world. <laughs> 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 everything makes sense to me in the UFC mm. world, you know? The number two guy fights the number three guy. Mm. Whoever wins that fights the number one guy. Mm. Everything makes sense.
0: It is all- yeah, it does make sense. Or just like, just cricket, you're out, mate. You're done.
1: Yes, I like the finality of things. Mm-hmm. And I like grey areas. <laughs> <laughs> like I
0: saw him do well once and he's bombed for the last two years.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's I would love that.
0: Man, how is with UFC taking off, it is surprising that like I guess people just love wrestling, but it's like, yeah, on Sunday, so it's Volk, twenty-three year old dude that gets into UFC that's a concreter from Wollongong, versing yeah. a dude that fucking wrestled bears as a four-year-old in the mountains of russia (laughs) yeah like that storyline is so much more creative and fucked up and true than like any wrestling has ever been ever
1: dude 100 percent. we've spoken about wwe and shit before Mm -hmm. i don't i don't get it we don't get it i'm not here to bang to 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 bang it because whatever whatever like here's the thing i I don't get it and i don't want to try Look, we're never going to- It's fine.
0: It's fine. It's fine.
1: There's absolutely no objections here. You get it. I don't. Whatever. Whatever. What the fuck ever. (laughs) Okay. Here's the deal. The UFC, like you said, the storylines are hilarious because Volk fights out of Windang, New South Wales. (laughs) Not a known martial arts (laughs) hub. And it's like his gym freestyle MMA, the logo for the gym- is just a yin-yang sign with flames around it. Sick. 90s. You cannot tell me that was not a word art job. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was on his fucking Dell in 1997. <laughs> and I'm opening a gym and I want it to look cool as fuck.
0: So sick. Versing a crazy Muslim from the mountains of Russia.
1: Oh, yeah. Muslim power up as well.
0: <sighs> Dude, him walking out, just no fear. No fear. Inshallah, brother.
1: Dude, broken English I said before as well. It's so scary. You know what he said? I love his love. He's so funny. He goes- He goes at the um, weigh-ins. He goes, everyone's booing him. he goes, Perth, I love you, but tomorrow you upset.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's sick. Dude, he's (laughs) the man. That's so sick. When Volk- I thought he was getting up right at the start. I was just messaging my girlfriend being like, babe, if you're not a short, bald man from the South Coast, just honestly be quiet today is not your time to speak, today is your time to listen. Yeah, wow. This is this is the time for short, bald men everywhere.
1: Dude, and- he's absolutely killing it. And the thing about the Volk is he's gotten even better since he went fully bald. Mm, it's a power-up for sure. Do you think it's because he's more aerodynamic?
0: Well, I think it's just a power-up. And he feels the force of the bald men behind him.
1: Yeah, he's now representing a subculture.
0: Yeah. A- and n- not just bald men, the thinning men.
1: The thinning the men. receding men, the receding the, men. the suddenly wearing hats men, the suddenly wearing hats men.
0: It's tough out there.
1: Oh, brutal, dude! Yeah, th- yeah, the thinning hair. My, my, I've started to get the widow's peak starting to go back.
0: Oh, it'll drive you crazy, mate.
1: Oh my god, it's <laughs> it's, it's got to be the worst thing for your <laughs> mental health on
0: planet earth. Billy was good looking for three months now. This happens. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing. I'm like, what the fuck? I finally, like, lost a bit of weight, can grow a, a serviceable beard. And, like, literally, I reckon I reckon I was pushing a seven for three business days. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, the widow's peak started to sharpen up a bit. But it's not even that. It's more like I'm like, it's like mortality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it got me as well. The mortality of it all. Yeah. I was like, whoa, mm. I'm getting older. I'm aging. Whoa. Might not be doing
0: any new things.
1: Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I thought I was losing my, like, my eyes were starting to go the other day. But luckily, it's just my Lenovo is so shit. <laughs> it was, like, glitching out. I was like, oh, thank God.
0: That's sick. No, I think- I still can't grow a full beard. And I think the day I will be able to, God will be like, and now you're bald. Yeah. Like, I won't- the, it won't cross over. There'll be no crossover.
1: No, I don't think so. Not for you. I don't deserve it. But, mate, you've got some of the great hair, though. So, like, would would you trade it for a beard? Uh I wouldn't trade bald for nearly anything, mate. No, I don't think so. But also, mate, here's the deal, is that this is a 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the hair thin, let it go, mm. because in about ten years you're going to be able to go to Woolies and just buy a new lid with your fucking Wednesday groceries. I mean, I think the technology is getting crazy. Yeah, it will get cheaper and cheaper. As some well. of the performance enhancing lids out there are just insane, mate. And you got to come, you got to keep in mind, mate. Some of the great lids out there that the boys have been on the performance enhancers, mm. they're just the ones we know about. I know, I know. A lot of boys out there have got performance enhancers in their lid. And they're in the closet.
0: Mm. Yeah, my sister took me aside because she, she, my older sister loves whenever she sees me being like, oh, by the way, your hair's thinning more. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, thank you. Good to see you too.
1: Yeah. So hurtful.
0: <laughs> I love you. Um, but she took me aside and was like, look, you don't need to ever be bald. All my all, Every single one of my gay friends just takes the drugs and now they're not bald. And I was like-
1: Really? Mate, the gay community- the gay community, yeah. I, I know it's very big with the NRL commentary community. Nice, of he, course. Dude, Michael Ennis has led-
0: <laughs> Two incredibly vain communities. Yeah. Keep him down. I'll join either of those communities. And also,
1: those communities have a lot more crossover than you'd think. Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I think the, f- the future's now. The future is now. Um, I heard in the gay community as well, steroids are quite big at the moment. And like HGH and stuff. Mm. And I've been doing a lot of work in Darlinghurst. Dude, some of these gay guys are jacked out of their jacked mind. Jacked out of their mind. Yeah, the amount of people on Psalms and shit like that. What is Psalms? I don't
0: fucking know. It's just what people tell me on the job site. Yeah,
1: and I knew you didn't know when I asked. It's a pill. It's like it's like the middle ground. To be honest, anyone who's doing steroids uh, or this Psalm stuff, like, I don't know. I don't, like, if you're doing it because you play rugby and you want to play A grade and just destroy cunts, I fully endorse that Mm -hmm. behavior. If you're doing it purely for vanity, I don't know, dude.
0: (laughs) I was thinking about doing it just as a bit with my boss. He wanted to do them and us just get like secretly yoked. And then my girlfriend woke up and was like, I just had a dream that you were secretly doing Psalms. And I was like, damn, you fucking knew. Whoa. I'm not going to secretly do psalms now you've called yeah. it. You, she saw it coming a mile away.
1: Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work for you, mate, because you've got to be already actively at the gym. Like, if you mm. turned up one day just jacked, mm. I'm immediately alarm bells. Mm. I'm not thinking, wow, Rowan's uh, ch- turned his life around. Rowan's got all this discipline and routine. I'm thinking drugs. <laughs> yeah, true.
0: Okay. Yeah, fair enough.
1: And also, I'm sure you'll probably think the same for me. Oh, yeah. yeah if yeah. I was just jacked out of nowhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually think it really wouldn't work for your personality at all.
1: I think, Dude, I think growing I mean, a beard has already fucked up some of my material on stage. You reckon? Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of my material, definitely from a couple of years ago, is one of those things where you don't realize what's going on in- until something changes. Mm. I think a lot of my material, potentially the writing, was a little sloppy and I was actually leaning on a boyish charm.
0: Yeah, you have, you, now, when I look at old videos, I'm like, you look so
1: young. I do, and it's very hard to get angry at a guy who is so goddamn cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think how cute I was and how likable I was was really getting over the line a couple of bits.
0: Well, yeah, I guess they had more empathy for you when you were ugly.
1: Yeah, I think it's that. You know, a bit more puppy fat, no beard, and just a fucking sparkle in his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now i got like kind of I don't know, I just look a bit <laughs> You're a bit of a jaded cunt. I'm not jaded, but I'm just I think there's like the the I think, I don't know, but they're seeing me up down there. <laughs> they're seeing you really are. Yeah. When I'm now when I'm on stage, people are seeing me. Yeah. <laughs> and like now it's either i'm killing or i'm bombing whereas before it's just like i would just mostly do well Mm. but and like you know people like ah didn't like the jokes but he's all right yeah yeah, whereas now people are just like didn't like the jokes
0: (laughs) (laughs) you don't have a young whippersnapper to fall back on Uh,
1: yeah so also like i've noticed as well on the podcast the tag like the tagline of the podcast i don't even know where that goes but on the podcast account it says up and coming aussie comedian billy Darcy. Mm. how long when do you go from up and coming to just not making it (laughs) (laughs) because i I reckon i'm (laughs) how long could you be on the cover oh i think you you get
0: like honestly ages you get ages you get ages
1: because you can do stand up for so long like like, with cricket or sport in general Mm. you know you get to like 20 or whatever or 16 and you're like oh I'm not going to make it at all. Mm. But there are blokes who are like 47 still being like, this could be my year in stand-up comedy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the time when they do make it, everyone's way too fucked up from the past like 14 years of not making it to like enjoy it at all. You're like, congratulations, mate. And they're like, yeah, well, it was a bit fucking fucked, wasn't it? And you're like, all right, okay,
1: all good. Yeah, they're like, I would have just worked in admin and had a family.
0: like <laughs> Message someone congrats for getting Splendor, and they're like, 38, mate, I'm 38. Yeah, well, I
1: think that's the average age of the Splendor lineups, they book for the comedy, but, dude, that's my number one gig, I would love to do Splendor. I know, me too. Um,
0: but, but, But instead of getting Splendor, it is kind of fun for us, just- Every year, other people get it. And then they come back and they complain to us oh about my. doing it. So that's, it's almost like we get to do Splendor each year. Because <laughs> They come back and they
1: say, I'm never doing that again. And we feel really like, well, I would have had a good time. Yeah. I actually, I actually attempted to pay $500 to go as a punter. <laughs> yeah. You got a free VIP ticket, included accommodation. Oh, wow. And Tim Hewitt supplied drugs for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you mean the people weren't there to see comedy? I yeah. wouldn't have gone to do comedy. Who gives a shit about the comedy? Dude, I would have put Sonny's on and just grit my teeth through the set. Yeah. And then gone and watched all day, rip it up. Yeah, like, Try and have a beer with Tyler, the creator. Whatever, bro. You get a <laughs> VIP backstage pass. It's all good. You met Will Anderson?
0: I've bombed for a hell
1: of a lot less, man. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, and I don't have to drive back from Cronulla?
1: Yeah, I know. Dude, yeah dude with uh, with stand up I hate it when old stand ups do this Louis CK said this on a podcast the other day he goes uh, he said to Theo Vaughn oh you're so funny like I love your stand up how long have you been doing it and Theo Vaughn's like I've been doing stand up for 23 years and Louis CK's oh man you've got it all ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> fuck off Louis yeah. fuck off <laughs> Like, I'm enjoying Louis CK on podcasts. He, I, he does have good insights, but sometimes it's just like, mate, shut the fuck up. He's like, oh, I reckon you only get good at the 35-year mark. It's like sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. Awesome. <laughs> great. What a great- Oh, it's awesome. Can't wait to keep- another, What is it? Another 27 years before I get good. <laughs> Sick. Do you reckon I'll be able to have a fucking steak before then? Or will I just be eating- <laughs> Woolworths select veggies for the rest of my life. I haven't had a fresh veggie in about four years. It's like, Lou, you did like the Tonight Show
0: when you're like eight years in.
1: <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And uh, also, he's been really harping on about um, how like everyone's career has like a peak. And then like, you don't want to stay at the top forever because mm. it's too crazy. Like when mm. you're playing arenas. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But also- Something happened, Louie. <laughs> yeah. You were at the top and it was crazy. And then something happened.
0: You pro- you probably were going to be one of the people that stayed at the top forever.
1: Dude, dude, something real bad happened. And look at you. You're back at the top. <laughs> he's, he literally played Madison Square Garden the other week. Mm. It's like, that is the top. Mm. It's like, where would you be if, like, you didn't get cancelled? And he's, like, talking about it in a really philosophical way. He's like, yeah, I've I've learned a lot in the last few years. I think I'm- Better for it, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, dude.
0: Fucking hell, Louis. <laughs> you let me down. Yeah, I was about to say, dude, I, I was such a fan that when it came out, it, so many people hit me up. It was like, I heard your boy. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off,
1: <laughs> dude. How this is really all you need to know about this podcast is that, um, Rowan was wrecked when Louis CK got cancelled. And I'm ashamed to say that my day was more affected when Chris D'elia got took down.
0: <laughs> well, you copped like six LA dudes in a row.
1: Well, when yeah, all those guys, like, I just was- loved all those podcasts. I was like, I love these guys, and then like, I was like, oh, all of them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like some of them weren't even like
0: comedy, like ish related at all. The person just like got called out on like. Sexually assaulting like a staff member at Sears when they were buying jeans, like like the level of like scumbag he ran so deep. It oh wasn't like just Hollywood stuff. Like he was going to the mall and
1: sexually assaulting people. <laughs> like it's just fucking nuts. Dude, the Crystalea thing came out, and I was like, I was like loved Crystalea's podcast at the time, and I saw him perform at the Comedy Store in LA, and I was like, ah, oh, he's so good. And then which is because I never really liked his stand up on mm. Netflix but he was really good live and uh people were messaging me being like oh bill like Chris D'Elia is getting canceled and it was like i was planning the podcast for that week and i was like this is part of me was like oh what the hell but the other part of me was like this is sick cuz this will like fill out the podcast for this week hmm. so i was like let me let me fucking get on here and defend my guy <laughs> and uh so i was like i was like let me get to the bottom of this what's going on around here you know <laughs> Chris D'Elia is a creepy he doesn't even bloody drink that can't- and then I went on Twitter for 5 minutes and I was like oh my god <laughs> This is fucking wild dude. It's such a weird feeling where you go I have been following one of the worst people on the planet <laughs> like pretty closely. I paid money to see him. I was like I would tell people like oh Cristaleia
0: cool, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, you've bragged to me about Crystalia quite a few times.
1: And it's like so weird to be like Well, how was I supposed to know? Mm. But it's also like a weird thing. (laughs) You know, like put a sign up if you're like fucking having sex with 16-year-old chicks and you're 34 and you're like putting out a podcast each week like, we're just here for a silly
0: goose time. Dude, that was the funniest thing because it's like quite like a PG silly um, comedic dude. So the subreddit, I was fucking dying laughing because I never really liked him. So, it was just glee for me. Oh, my God. And Billy was in a group chat being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Billy and Pat being like, oh, my God. I think, I think Pat took it harder than me. <laughs> yeah, Pat took it pretty hard. <laughs> <'Cause> it was- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the subreddit, in his subreddit being like, I've got a silly goose tattoo. <laughs> and are like, oh,
1: no, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people were getting life rips tattoos and stuff. Mm. And then some of the, and then I watched a video
0: recently and a girl had been like, like stuff came out of, she was one of the people and then she recorded him calling her and him like trying to placate her and take, get her to take it down and admit it at the same time. And you're like, oh,
1: fucking hell mate, you had a problem. Do you know what the problem was? Well, this wasn't the only problem, but you know, what it was? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what was so bad about it is when he came out like a year later or whatever. Mm. Um, firstly, uh, if someone gets accused of having sex with multiple underage women mm. and they disappear for over a year, mm. they did it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then when he came out, he said all of my, like, it was a most carefully worded statement. He goes, all of my relationships were consensual and legal. Mm. And it's like that's a bit fine printy for me. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a much harder stance on the I, sex with underage girls. Is not something I can be wishy washy about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, ugh, you are just a fucking absolute creep. Because like it's like because the the consent age is like in different ages in different states in America, mm. and it's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it seems like you are very well aware of the consent ages and stuff, and it's like. <laughs> He was 35 at the time, and it's, like, anything below, like, fucking 22 is, like, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't care what the state government says. Like, mm. I- I'll tell you for free. This is weird behavior, dude.
0: Yeah, just a hell of a lot of gigs in Texas.
1: Yeah. Oh. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And the thing with Crystal D'Elia is that, mate, you can't really have zero punchlines and have sex with underage women. You <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Louis C.K. came back, but it's like, the writing's there. Mm, Yeah, the writing's there.
0: (laughs) Your whole thing before was vibe. (laughs) Now the vibe's a little off. Yeah, it's like- (laughs) The vibe seems a little off, Chris.
1: Yeah, so just cadence, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not going to get you over the line with Billy. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, anyway.
0: Oh, it was good to see them all go down. Yeah. Well, not my heroes, but yours.
1: Oh man, happy to lose them. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good. That's a good crack. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. Effort. Mate, I listened
0: to last week's episode today at work. I enjoyed it. Oh really? Yeah, I think that was a good one.
1: I don't even remember what happened last week. Give uh, me the cliff notes.
0: Um, what did we talk about at the start? Oh, the radio thing in different rooms.
1: Oh, yeah, the radio thing was good. Yeah, yeah the radio thing. Um, we well, there you go. That.
0: Yeah, um, mate, talking could you about just... your tour. Oh, yeah, tickets could... have been selling.
1: Uh, I refuse to check. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because
0: it's nice to see when you were listening earlier in the day because he has a solo part at the end. You go, the weekends are selling out, so if you want to get into the
1: weekends. Oh, no, because the only tickets that are on sale, as we're recording right now, are Melbourne. I've got mm. 11 shows. Oh, right. So it's like, fuck checking that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but uh, the like the rest of the cities, they're just like one-off shows. So mm. I'll check those. Anyway, mate, cut a promo for us. Why should people come out and see Billy Darcy? Fuck, I put so much of my soul into last week's (laughs)
0: promo. I left so much out on the fucking paint. How could I possibly go see the show? It'll be fun. Bit of fucking stand-up comedy.
1: There you go. Don't mind if I do. Oh my god, he's smiling from ear to ear like a Cheshire cat this <laughs> point. He, he's so excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Because I am moving in with Billy, so I hope that he's got some fucking money in his bank account.
1: Yeah. And at the moment <laughs> I can't I can't go on the lease because yeah. because here's the thing. You can't be on the lease if you don't exist.
0: Yeah, I've I've talked I've talked to a couple of people if they were willing to fraudulently go on the lease. They were not keen. Yeah. They were not keen at all. Um, they didn't humor it in the slightest. It made them incredibly uncomfortable. Okay. So that's um that's where we're headed at this point. So do you
1: need three people on the lease for a three better?
0: I don't know. I think everyone's just when you rock up to an open house and there's sixty other people there, your mind starts to fly a little bit. And yeah. You're like, Holy shit!
1: <laughs> I was about to say like I've been seeing all the news about the rental crisis, and then we're gonna start looking for a place now. Yeah. And I've just refused to acknowledge what could be a tough sled. Well, here's what I keep saying to everyone. Everyone I know lives in a house.
0: That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> everyone did that inspection I went to last week. where Because I, I just like to, like, oh, there was 60 people there and no one was having a laugh about it with me. And I was just, like, crying. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Can we all acknowledge that this is wild? Yeah. And then I was in the front, the first room, and I just, like, this chick was there and I was like, so, what do you reckon of this place? Like, just give me the rundown of what you think, and I'll see if I match it. And she goes, "Go into the bathroom and look on the um, at at an angle at the the glass slats, and it says they've written in dusk. Do not live here."
1: Oh yeah,
0: and I went in there and was like, "Yep, it says that. It says rats do not live here."
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, you show me some photos of that place. It wasn't good. It was not good. <laughs> no. Anyway, the rent would still make a man from Hobart cry. So
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I've looked at a few places where it's like, well, one person could pay very limited rent and live in the terrible one of the bedrooms. It's like so horrific. Mm-hmm. But then the rent's high. That's not even possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs>
0: it's like, fuck. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Buy some tickets.
1: Who fucking cares? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> uh,